you to the Pro Wrestling Havoc podcast. For some reason, we still don't have a name. We never did get around to that. But anyway, it's your host, Jason Smith. I got Tim Stevens and Joe Cassidy with me. And uh, it is post-backlash, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, this is sort of our, I guess, season finale, if you will, for season number one as we wrap up the Owen Hart Memorial Tournament and then we'll we'll move on to bigger and better topics and and more things as we get closer, uh, not only to the uh, the summer pay per views at the big level, but uh, at our level, getting close to our first show, Pro Wrestling Havoc Emergence, on July the twenty fifth, and uh, I'm super excited for that. And we'll get to that a little bit uh, as well. But Tim, I wanted to start off uh, the second half of your uh, semifinals. And it's your number two seed, Scott Hall, against your number three seed, Kurt Henning. Well, I know, you know, these two guys know each other quite well. Uh, they teamed together back in the day in the AWA. Uh, but honestly, I'm going to give the edge here to Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Kurt Hennig. All right. He goes over Scott Hall with the perfect plex for the one, two, three. Nice. Not bad. Yeah. Storied uh, lineage there between those two that goes way back into the God, probably the mid to late eighties in the AWA up in the Minnesota area with uh, Vern Gagne's territory and a uh, pretty deep uh, lineage with those two that lasted well into uh, the uh, turn of the century and uh, up leading up to uh, Kurt Henning's unfortunate passing. Uh, so Good choice there with Mr. Perfect. So your final is going to be Kurt Hennig and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, On my side, Owen Hart has already advanced. Uh, My next matchup is the three-seed Roddy Piper and the five-seed Magnum TA. We've we've talked about this. uh, You know, we talked about Roddy. We've talked about Magnum. um, And quite honestly, I... I struggled with this one, which way I wanted to go. Uh, And I'm going to end up going with Magnum TA over Piper on this one because I, I think, you know... Um, I think Roddy would have wanted to put TA over. I mean, I, I know I'm speaking on behalf of someone, A, I didn't know, and B, who has passed away. But um, it seems like Roddy was the type of dude who would do business and do good business. And I think TA was one of those guys where you just kind of wanted to see what would happen if he was able to go the distance and, and hadn't had that accident and, and uh, derailed what could have been a very interesting career for Magnum TA. Uh, so we'll, we'll switch back to you, Tim, and get to your final matchup, Kurt Hennig against Greg the Hammer Valentine. Well, you might hate me for this. Uh, but when it comes down to it, man, I, I, I honestly... I don't, I don't know. So, in my final, in true WWE fashion, my finals match is going to end in a draw. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. So, why don't we do this, then? Um, if you're going to end your final in a draw, why don't we do a fatal four-way to determine the the winner of this tournament and we'll take my two finalists, Owen Hart and Magnum TA, and we'll put them up against Kurt Hennig and Greg Valentine in a fatal four way. Um, my thought on it is that Owen and Greg are going to put over perfect in TA. And I, I don't know how that comes out. I, I lean towards TA, but I think if we're talking from a business standpoint, I think Hennig goes over, but if we're talking, uh, uh, a what if fantasy standpoint, at least for me, Magnum TA gets over, but I, I want to get your thoughts on it. Well, I see, man, this, this was tough from the beginning. Um, the problem is, and we've had this talk before too, is what TA is, you know, what if, yeah. How big would he have gotten? Um, I, I, on a, everybody says Owen was being groomed for the, the world championship. And then others say, you know, Vince was kind of going to screw him over because of Brett. Uh, I, I I always thought that Valentine should have had a had a small heel run, and Perfect would have should have too. But I, Kurt had the unfortunate circumstance of where he never got himself put in that 
you know, uh, yeah, he was an Intercontinental Champion and probably one of the best of all time, but he was never really that that guy that was in the main event picture that was looked mm-hmm. at as, as the man. So, um, and and honestly, of all the of all the guys we had, uh, I, I think that uh, even though you and I didn't go in those directions, um, I, I I think that the two guys that probably you know, based on their character and, 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 you know, their, how over they were. I, I think that the two guys that, that really surprised me through the whole, whole career that didn't have a world title was, was Piper and Scott Hall. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I would have loved to see no one had it. I thought, I thought Owen deserved it. And then, you know, you can make an argument for all these guys. Um, so I would I would go with TA I guess too, but at the same time, like I said, um, you know, it, it, you you don't know how big he would have gotten, and and maybe at the end of the day, you know, Owen would do business, but at the end of the day, maybe Owen finally got tired of of Vince's shit and was like, hey, you know what, dude, I'm not putting <laughs> these people over. I'm tired of this. And as far as I'm concerned, and and it this isn't a knock on Brett because. Brett was great, but I, th- I think Owen was a better wrestler anyways. And, I agree. And I'll always say that. So, you know, it, it, it was a hell of a topic. It was an interesting topic. And, you know, it, it, it could have went anyway. To be honest with you, I thought you were going to go with Owen winning it. But uh, it, they're, 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 they're really, I mean, I, I think with any guy that any of us, that either one of us chose or, is a valid argument for, for any of them to be world champion at one point or another. You know, even... Even with with Morocco, I think you know he had a he could have had a small heel run. Um, Duggan could have had a trans, you know he he could have been a transitional champion. It, it, you know they have him win the Rumble, and he was another one of those guys too that it was almost like they were afraid to to push. Yeah, I thought you know, and, and he was. Did he ever win the? You would know. Did he ever win the U.S. title in WCW? Duggan. Yeah. Yes, he, he actually did. had it for, uh, God, I want to say probably like eight or nine months. He had a good long run with the U.S. title. And I, and I know he was the TV champion there a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But he just His WWE run was, was a good run. And, and to be honest with you, it's probably better than his WCW run. But he just they just never gave him that break or that championship. And, and it was, you know, a lot of people always said, uh, you know, it was him getting caught with Sheik when they were supposed to be rivals. And yep. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm just, but there's other guys that are screwed up too. So, but yeah, man, I, it was a, it was a, uh, a, a cool topic. Uh, it was, it was fun and it was, it was tough at times. So I, I guess, I guess we'll go for the, the sake of, uh, argument that TA wins it, but it, I, it really could have gone either way for any of these guys. So, yeah, I agree. And uh, so on that note, Magnum TA is our, our Owen Hart Memorial Tournament champion just based on what if. And, you know, something that you had mentioned, Tim, about a lot of these guys had really good intercontinental title runs. And, and we'll welcome in Joe for this topic, this question before we get to backlash. Um, it, it, to me, it felt like in WWE, the intercontinental title was the championship for guys who could work and the world title was for guys who could draw. And I mean, and, and, and I mean that in, uh, in a sense of like, you know, Owen Hart could work his ass off. It's super technical. Um, Kurt Hennig, super technical, Greg Valentine, super technical. And Hogan was bigger than life and he could work. Don't get me wrong, but, his larger than life sort of superhero moment and, and, and his superhero persona, I guess I should say really sort of could outshine the fact that he, he could work and he didn't have to in WWE. And, and so I want to get kind of your thoughts on that, that maybe WWE, the world title at least wasn't necessarily for the guy who could work the best. I mean, a la ultimate warrior, but it was for the guys who, brought the dollar bills in what do you guys think about that go ahead joe um i think what's honestly frustrating is um even going back to wrestlemania 3 one of the most famous promos of all time 
uh, with Macho Man Randy, uh, Randy Savage shooting on uh, Ricky the Driver Greg Steamboat with Mean Gene um, saying Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. It's always been a workhorse belt, and and mm-hmm. it's honestly turned into this just pass it around kind of thing. Like the U.S. Championship used to be somewhat prestigious too, but Intercontinental Championship was supposed to be I'm a worker. I mean, Triple H was a dog of an Intercontinental Champion. Uh, Randy Orton, a dog as an Intercontinental Champion. The Miz, even I hate to say it, I I, I don't you know love the Miz, but you know he, he's a worker, and, and he's proved that his you know he belongs in in the company and he deserves a spot. And now they're just kind of throwing it you know like hot potato, and it's frustrating mm-hmm. because you know you're gonna give it to Braun Strowman. All right, let's see what happens with this, and then what? A month or so later, not even you drop it to the whole Shinsuke. And um, Sammy and Cesaro stable, it it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, well, going off of that, Joe, I think you kind of hit on that. I I think it's become kind of well one, and I've always said this: they they have way too many singles titles. Number one, and number two, I think that it's become this. Yeah, you know give it to this guy, give it to this guy, give it to this guy, um, you know, kind of mid-card title. But at the end of the day, too, what it's also become to me is almost like like a severance pay. You know, AJ, you're the man, but you're not the man right now, but we're going to give you the Intercontinental title. When when, when Brian won it at, at WrestleMania in that ladder match, well, Daniel, you're the man, but you're not going to be the man right now, so we're going to give you the Intercontinental title. Braun, you're not the man, you're the man, but you're not going to be the man right now, you know? And, and it, 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 to me, it's just kind of become a severance title. Um, but to the original question, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Jason, I, 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 I've never really thought of it like that until you said that, but it, it's valid and it makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I never really, looked at it like that but even there was some points too though you know of course it was either the workers or the up-and-comer guys but you know there was some times before when it was a severance title like i'm sorry but rick flair's intercontinental title run when he was like 50 or (laughs) and then you know and they've done they've done they even back then they did some goofy things with it too um but i think honestly you know, to, to what Joe was saying, like it, to me, there's just, there's too many singles titles now. And it's, it, it is not what, it, what it was, you know, when, when we were kids and growing up and, and mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's just, and like, like I said, you know, it's now with AJ having it, it it's a severance title and he, he's going to, it's going to go, you know, get passed on here soon to some mid card guy who's going to go over, on AJ somehow and then you know it's it's gonna get bounced back and forth. Yeah. So uh and and I, I agree with a lot of that and, and it's unfortunate that the Intercontinental title is sort of a, a joke of a title now and um something Joe brought up I wanna I wanna stack two resumes back to back and I want you guys to tell me if you think they're both Hall of Fame worthy, right? So this first one I want to give you, uh, they are a former WWE champion, uh, former Intercontinental champion, former U.S. champion, a uh, four eight-time tag team champion. They've won the Intercontinental title eight times, and they've won the WWE title. Also, they've won the Money in the Bank. Hall of Fame resume, yes or Yes. No? Yes. Okay, this resume, six-time WWE champion, one-time WWE tag team champion. Yes, because it's Hulk Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) So the the first one, though, any any guesses on who that is? Triple H. Uh, I was going to say The Miz. It is oh. the Miz. 
Yeah. I put the Miz in the Hall of Fame. I, I know everybody everybody hates on the Miz, and I love I love the Miz's work. I, I don't like this current run, but I I love the Miz's work, and I I I don't know if Hall of Fame connects with the Miz right now, but you look at his resume without his name connected to it, and you're like, holy shit, that's that's a pretty good resume he's got. No, I agree. Um, I've always liked his work. You know, and that's... I love the idea of the WWE Hall of Fame. Don't get me wrong. I wish there was a physical WWE Hall of Fame. But... You sometimes wonder what, you know, what what they got to do to to base it on and 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 not base it on, you know, with the point that you're making. Absolutely, he belongs in, um, you know, and it's, you know, the criteria. That's that's the one problem with it though is there's really no criteria. You know, obviously Mm -hmm. Hawk Hogan's Hawk Hogan. You know, he he was a worker in Japan. You know, and we we figured this out off of you know uh when we weren't on the podcast but you know all in all with all the championships he won even over in japan hogan was is a 20-time champion so you know my the stuff you know now that the wwe owns pretty much everything does the stuff from the other organizations come into play here too and you know and that's that's the one thing that i've I've always wondered about that like you know what's how do you get into this and there's a lot of guys in there and, and and not to knock you know knock people, but like there's a lot of guys in there. You're like, how the hell is this guy in here and this guy isn't? You know, right. how the hell did it take Macho right. Man Randy Savage so long to get in there? We I don't want to get into intangibles and and you know his relationship with Vince and rumors and stuff like that. Like I don't want to get into any of that. <laughs> but you know, my my point is is like, why the hell does it take this guy so long to get in? And right. why, um. But yeah, it, I mean, to answer your question, uh, with that resume, he he definitely belongs in. You know, right. d- does uh, uh, you know that's the thing too that that I would like to see is uh, you know, even though he hasn't done much lately, I, I Randy Orton's a definite Hall of Famer. But here's a question oh, yeah. for you, and I've always thought that, that Cena was going to be the man to do it. What do you think, especially? from his evolution days and he's got a close relationship with flair what do you think of randy orton breaking flair's record his non-existent record because hogan has the actual record anyways <laughs> you, you just can't let that no, one go can't. can you um so randy is what 13 13 time yep. yeah. is that where he's at and right now he is he just turned 40 so god i just i don't know if he's at that point in his career where he he would be he would win the title four more times i i just i think he's he's moved on to a point in his career now where once he hopefully gets past this edge rivalry thing he starts to pass the torch to other guys and you really started to see that uh back when his his angle with Christian and they traded the title back and forth he was starting to pass the torch then a little bit here and there to to guys like uh uh Christian and and uh Daniel Bryan when he was in the authority you know the uh, all of that fun stuff and all of those angles and things and then putting over Bray Wyatt and uh, during that feud and, and now doing his, his legacy thing with, with edge. I, I don't know if, if it makes sense for him to get back into the title well, picture. It, it, I, I, I see where you're going with that too. And I, and I agree with you to a point, but the other thing is too, is Randy Orton to me is like that back pocket guy. Like we don't have yeah. anything going right now, so let's let's put the title on Randy. Even if it's for a month, let's put the title on Randy, because Randy Orton can tell the story, and Randy Orton is damn good at what he does. So, in you know, now that I think about it, at his age, he probably doesn't have four more runs in him. But at the same time, you know, 
like I said, he's there's always that that back pocket thing there. Like you know, we've always got Randy Orton, and I I I'm really tired of the crap with him and Edge too. But they they tell a damn good story. They really do, and they can both work their asses mm-hmm. off. And and it's I I think Randy's that guy that they're like, you know what? If we need we need to take the title off this guy, or you know this this sucks, you know? And so let's, let's get Randy in there and, you know, we're going to put the strap on Randy for a little bit and see how it goes. And it's always, and, and it, he's always that guy to me that seems to come out of, out of nowhere and be in the title picture again. So I don't know. I, it's just kind of a tidbit. I kind of thought about tonight when I was watching backlash, like, you know, is, is this going to be the guy that breaks Flair's record in, It's it's an interesting it's an interesting question, and I think if maybe he was five six years younger, maybe. But now I, I'm not sure. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'll I'll jump off of what Tim said, and I, you know, they 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 use Randy as a, as a full time kind of like a like a Brock Lesnar. You know, they they see him as like a, like Tim said, a back pocket guy when they need a reliable worker to work a younger guy or to work a serviceable match, no matter who it's against, it's going to be Randy Orton. You know, I don't think he's going to break the record. Um, like Tim said, if this was five years ago, uh, even I was uh, watching Backlash and I was thinking, like, this possibly could have been the best wrestling match if this was 10 years earlier, you know, because Edge is into his 40s, and I'm sure Randy's not too far behind. And they definitely both showed their age, both showed the rust, but it was a serviceable. It was a, it was a quality match. And uh, Randy, mm-hmm. I don't think he's done winning titles. Uh, I think it's going to be like Intercontinental, Intercontinental Championship or um, the Tag Team Championship with God knows who. But I don't see him breaking uh, the non-existent record. <laughs> All right. So with that, uh, we'll we'll get to backlash here. And uh, me not. the. There's yeah, there there's a couple of things I want to get to that sort of led up to backlash. So we'll talk about them as the the, the matches come up on the card. Uh, the first one, um, again, is a it, it was for the United States Championship, and this is how far the U.S. title has has fallen. It was a pre-show match, and Apollo Cruz defeating Andrade in seven and a half minutes, and. I I'll be honest. I missed it. I don't know if it was any good. It was on the pre-show, so I don't know if that said what that says about Apollo and Andrade, or if they just didn't have anywhere else to put it. Or I I don't did did either did of not. you guys catch I it? I didn't. I didn't even know there's gonna be a match on the pre-show. Yeah. So there you go. That tells you exactly what <laughs> WWE thinks about the United States title. Um, you know, Apollo, I, I think it's about time Apollo wins a, a mid-card title at the, you know, the, the quote-unquote main roster level. Um, you know, he's he's a hell of a worker. He's solid. Uh, probably could use some some work on the promo game, but I, 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 I he's serviceable. He's athletic. He has a good look to him. Um, I don't know where this angle's going, but I'm glad to see him get a U.S. title run and I, I, that's about all I can say about this match because I didn't actually watch it. I don't really <laughs> give a shit about the U.S. title. And to be honest with you, I really don't give a shit about the Intercontinental title. Personally, I and I, and I don't really like the two-brand thing, but, you know, it is what it is. I don't think each brand needs titles for everybody. But, you know, I've, I've always thought that, that they should unify the world title in the uh, universal title and they should unify the intercontinental in the U S title. And it's, it just, it just takes credibility away. And that's what makes me mad. Like I'm more of like the old school type of guy. And that's what pisses me off about it. The intercontinental title and even the U S title for that matter, with all the lineage it has from, from WCW, like it's an insult to me to the to the all the greats that have held it in the past and to just to see a match uh, the 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 united states title being defended on a pre-show it's just garbage to me you know i mean 
just <laughs> go back and look at the list of the guys in WCW who held that title. And, and, you know, and of course at that time too, I guess maybe it was severance for, for some reason, you know, when Piper was, was United States champion, like it's just, I, I, I don't, I don't get it anymore. And if you're going to, if you're going to have your United States title on a pre-show, then why even have the match? Why even have the title for that matter? What about you, Joe? Oh man, so many things jumped to my mind. Uh, first is this isn't the first, nor is it going to be the last time where the United States Championship is defended on the pre-show. I remember, uh, I think it was Mania thirty-two, uh, Ryback versus, uh, um, God, who was it? Um. The other mask luchador, uh, Kalisto, Kalisto. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The pre-show stopped. Yeah, that back. was in front of you know ten thousand fans in the in the hundred thousand fan stadium. That's great. It's grand, whatever. <laughs> but it's just an insult, like Tim said, to the title. You know that title used to have prestige back in WCW. I mean, they they pushed it heavy. And even when they brought it back, uh, Vengeance, I believe, it was two thousand three or two thousand four when Seth McMahon, you know, un- unveiled it again. It was another title, like, oh, hey, here it is. But now here we are in 2020, 16 years later, and it feels like a participation trophy. You know, it doesn't feel like an actual title. It just, it, it's probably a 15, 20 pound piece of leather and, and metal, you know, that goes around, you know, whoever's waist. It, it, it feels like somebody took second place and they're like, oh, well, here's this, you know, it's not even intercontinental, intercontinental championship level. It's just, that I mean, the twenty four seven championship, um, in my opinion, has more prestige at this point than the U.S. title. And another thing that frustrates me is how much they pushed Andrade from you know the last several months, even when he was on his uh, his uh, suspension for failing that drug test, he still had the title. And I don't get why he didn't why they didn't make him drop it, but he held on to the title, and then for him to lose it. I'm happy that Apollo Cruz gets a singles title. He's worked his ass off to get to this point. He deserves it. You know, I just wish there was more prestige to the title so he could, you know, have a little more oomph to his name when it's when you say Apollo Cruz, U.S. champion. But it just feels like a participation trophy. You know, it doesn't feel like anything more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, and and let's look at the lineage here too. Uh, the last six U.S. title holders. Apollo Cruz, Andrade, Rey Mysterio, AJ Styles, Ricochet, and Samoa Joe. If that isn't a a participation trophy for guys who should be WWE champions, uh, you know, maybe yeah, I, you could argue maybe not quite Ricochet, but guys who have had or should be WWE champions, and they're getting this U.S. title that's now on a pre-show. And you look at some of the guys who won it when it debuted as the United States Championship. Harley Race, Johnny Valentine, Terry Funk, Blackjack Mulligan, Paul Jones, Bobo Brazil, Ric Flair. I mean, those are just the first nine. And it the list goes on and on from there. Ricky Steamboat and, and Wahoo McDaniel, Sergeant Slaughter. And Correct me if I'm wrong, and on and on and on. Uh, Jason. Sorry for interrupting now, you, but didn't Johnny B. Bad also hold the U.S. title um, in WWE? Yeah, yeah. He did, yeah. Yep. And, I mean, that and, and that that lineage that I kind of ran down from from Harley Race to Ric Flair was just the first two years of that title. And it just kept on going. And the list of people who held it is just prestigious. And now it's it's insanity. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, but. Not to belabor this match, it was a seven and a half minute match, and we've kind of digressed into bashing the U.S. title. Um, another title that really probably doesn't have the roster to support it was next on the card, and that's the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match. Uh, the champions, Bailey and Sasha Banks, and I don't know if you if if she's gotten in trouble for this yet or not, but Bailey started going around and calling herself Bailey both straps, which I can't wait for Vince to lose his fucking mind over that. Uh, Alexa bliss and Nikki cross and the iconics, uh, nearly a nine minute match. Uh, another one that I missed because 
I I I love Alexa Bliss's work. I loved Nikki Cross in NXT. I liked the Iconics in NXT. Bailey and Sasha by themselves are okay. I just could not get into this match. Missed it myself and don't really care to talk about it. Yeah, Joe, was, you caught it. I think, like I said in our in our conversation, there was nothing memorable about memorable about that match. I mean, for being uh, an eight minute and fifty minute or eight minute and fifty second match, I guess it was serviceable for for you know a, a time filler. But I'd rather have had that match, the the uh, women's tag team match, beyond the pre show in Apollo versus Andrade on the on the main card. You know, Bailey and Sasha, of course, are going to win. And honestly, like I said. I'm just waiting for either the Bailey Sasha blow up or the Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross blow up. So and Iconics I, aren't going to go anytime mm-hmm. uh, go away anytime soon. I'll, so it's just... I'll, uh, I'll leave leave this here, and you can do whatever you want with it. There will never be there there won't be a memorable women's match in WWE unless Charlotte Flair is involved in it, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I just I don't think that the the women's division is built for a women's tag team section. You know, you, you've got the Kabuki warriors, which, you know, thank you, Nia Jax for splitting them up um, and, and forcing Kyrie Sane on the shelf. You've got some, you, you have a lot of really good individual women on the roster and so very few legitimate established women tag teams to the point where you're throwing Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross into a tag team together, which they never had any sort of semblance of a relationship, a partnership or anything prior to them becoming a tag. It was like Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. I mean, seriously, like <laughs> or Bobby what Roode the and hell is that even all about? Like, it, yeah, you're just throwing random people because they, I mean, Alexa can work and Nikki can work. Let's put them together and see what happens. And that's that's been the MO of the WWE for decades now is you've got two guys who are pretty talented on their own. They're not going to win any titles on their own. Let's put them together and see what the hell happens. I'm not, you know, hate on me all you want, uh, but I'm not that I, I don't hate the, the Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross tag team all that much. I don't either. I just, I, I don't. <sighs> There's nothing it. to get, man. I mean, the women's division, I'm not going to say they don't deserve women's tag team championships because they do. Uh, just WWE has made sure that they have little to few tag teams. And like you said, they're, you know, they're, they're just throwing crap together to, to, make a, a a bulkier tag team roster for the women's division. And it's, it's sad almost. Right. And I think as, as we start to see, you know, I know the, the women's evolution and revolution or whatever you want to call it is in full swing right now. And you're starting to see a lot more super talented women on the Indies. I think you'll start to see more established female tag teams that come up together and and work together you know hawk and animal were almost from the jump a tag team they were always together and and for the most part and you know the those kind of tag teams like the road warriors and and like the iconics and like uh you know the those specific guys who came up together you could almost make a case for the revival they you know wwe just neglects them and and lets them just kind of sit off to the side, and then they throw these singles people together and give them massive pushes. And it, it it's been the WWE's method for handling tag teams forever because Vince doesn't give a shit about tag team men. Well, I just I want to bring up something that has just been kind of kicking around in my mind that I find absolutely hysterical is that he put you know Bailey and and Sasha back to a, a tag team, which that's fine. Gives them the titles, but from what I, you know, from what they, um, uh, back, backstage report said is when they dropped the titles to, I believe it was the Iconics, uh, back, it was like Mania or something like that. Yep. Apparently they sat mm-hmm. in like the hallway pouting and like on the ground, like little children. Sasha went home for what? 
three you're months. Bring her back. Obviously, she doesn't want to be there. She took uh, there was a, a minute where she took away everything in her bio about WWE and then put like a, a Bible verse, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I think it was, about her uh, like, oh God's got a plan, yada yada yada, and that was everyone thinking like, oh yeah, like she's definitely gone from the company as soon as her contract's over. And now here she is back in a in a, a main event angle or not main event but you know a, a main roster angle mm-hmm. as the the angry henchman for for uh, a very phony heel type Bailey you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the the first long ish match of the night. Uh, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. Now, before we get into the match on the actual pay-per-view, I want to back up a little bit because this angle um, is very, it it hits very close to home for me. Um, You know, I I dealt with personal demons in my life for a long stretch. and, And as Tim can attest, he's known me since the third grade. There was probably a three to four year stretch there where there was a pretty good chance I wasn't making it out of that. And, and not in a, in a, in a metaphorical, like in a quite literal way there I was on a path where I was not going to come out of that. And it, it took a lot of work to get to where I am now. And it's disheartening for me to see WWE yet again, take Jeff Hardy's personal demons. And instead of, taking the route of you know we're we can make him a baby face and we can have you know people around him that are encouraging him to do better and and get on the right path and do the right things they they exploit those demons in him and they take advantage of it and Seamus goes out of his way as a heel as he rightfully should make a big deal out of this and Jeff has done and said the right things in the promos and and all of that and it just for me it was it's tasteless and they had an opportunity in their hands to make it awesome and to make it a really good story of not even really redemption for Jeff but just a good story of somebody who was able to overcome these demons who you know, going back even to, to Victory Road, very, very public demons and and show that he was able to get out of that and give people who are in that situation a glimmer of hope. And they they didn't. And, and that really hurt me uh, as a fan and as somebody who has, you know, you, you say a recovering alcoholic or a recovering addict or whatever you are, and, and you're never really fully healed from that. And, you know, it, it just, it was disheartening for me. And, and I know you guys had some thoughts on it too. Joe, we'll go ahead and Um, start with you. If, so if that last match, Randy Orton edge wasn't uh, almost 45 minutes, this would have been the longest match on the night. Uh, Almost 17 minutes, 16 minutes and 50 seconds of what could have been a great, great story. You know, uh, it, it was once again, a serviceable, serviceable match. But why are you going to go throw Jeff Hardy, who's been you know been on and off with the company for twenty four years, or twenty three, twenty four years, and throw you know exploit his personal demons that everybody knows about, just no one wants to talk about. You know, I follow you know uh, again, uh, Rabbi Hardy, which is Matt Hardy's wife, and Matt on on Twitter, and both the same night, like right after that that uh, angle happened or angle started with the uh, the car crash. Both of them are just like, we're glad where we're at and we're sick to our stomachs kind of thing. And I I can't help but, you know, agree. Yep. You know, it wasn't a hard thing to agree with that. Uh, Jeff Hardy doesn't need this. He's he's put his time in. Uh, and Seamus sure as hell does not need this because he's, you know, he's a serviceable worker and he's a he's a great heel. But, you know, to put someone's demons out there like that is is crap, you know, Um and for a little to no payoff, I really hope that this is the end of it. It honestly feels like I don't want to compare it to to Booker T to Triple H from Mania 19, but it almost feels like that where you have such a fast, aggressive buildup, 
and you feel like, oh, the baby face is going over, the baby face is going over, Hardy's going to win this, Booker T's going to win this, Hardy's going to win this match, and then Sheamus wins it. And honestly, there was a few botches in that match that I, I recall. Uh, Sheamus trying to hit a couple of bro kicks turned into high knee kicks because Hardy was in the wrong place. Um, it was just... there. I... Jumping off of what you said, Jason, uh, I'm sorry, Tim, I'll let you I'll let you get in a second. But, you know, I have family that struggle with this, and I have good friends that have struggled with alcohol and drug addiction. I've lost friends to, you know, heroin and to fentanyl and to alcohol, and it sucks. It, it's, a, it's a very trashy feeling, and the fact that they're doing this angle, at, you know, in front of hundreds of millions of people – it's just it, – it's mind-boggling, man. It's mind-boggling. All I must say is the WWE is for – I made a very vocal on, on past podcasts how I felt about the uh, the Rusev and Bobby Lashley and Lana storyline. I'm tired of all the bullshit stories. And it, it's either you get a bullshit storyline or you just get – all of a sudden, somebody's just thrown into the the title picture, and we're gonna run with it. And 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 I'm tired of the bullshit stories. And I'm, uh, you know, I I think that the WWE really owes Jeff Hardy more than this. I mean, he's one of those guys I would venture to say is if he hasn't won every title, he's damn close. And it. He he just needs to 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 go on to greener pastures if that's all they got for him. I'm just I'm I'm sick to my stomach over some of the stuff that they do, and I don't know if if, if Vince gets a hard on from it or what. But it's I'm to be honest with you, I I don't I haven't watched the product a lot in the past couple of months, um, just just for for bullshit like that. I stopped watching the product completely. You know. Other than the three, four minute clips on YouTube, I'm honestly growing very sick and tired of what WWE has has decided is, is content. Yeah, it, the, you know the the whole Jeff Hardy. It's been done. It's been beaten into the ground. They did it with CM Punk. They did it with Samoa Joe. And now they're doing it with Sheamus, and it seems like every single angle or every single storyline that they put Jeff Hardy in, it always circles back to his battles with addiction. Nobody ever brings up the fact that Randy Orton OD'd in 2006, and nobody brings up those you know issues with drugs and alcohol that, that other guys have had. Nobody brings up the Usos getting DUIs left and right. Alicia Fox isn't out there getting bashed on TV every week for her alcohol issues. I don't know what it is with WWE feeling it's okay to drag Jeff Hardy through all of this and give him no opportunity to to bring some good from it and no opportunity well, to I, get I, redemption. I'm gonna, I, I guess it's almost in in. in, in it's not the same storyline, but it, it, it's it's a bullshit storyline. You know, these guys that that leave and then come back later or later in their career or or retire. You know, they they come back home, if you will. You know, it, it's almost like they they get mm-hmm. like these shit stories. You know, and 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 like I'm gonna kind of equate. Of course, you know, I'm a Hogan fan and everything, but. You know, it was cool to me when Hogan, you know, later, late in his career there, and he he won, he beat Triple H, and he won the title. Um, only to lose it in bullshit fashion to the Undertaker, and it's just like, and, and even though he wasn't there, like like Sting, you know, having him job to and. It, Maybe job's the wrong word for it, but he jobbed to to Triple H at WrestleMania. Like, uh, I I think like Vince is like, okay, well, you left me, or 
or you know in, in Sting's case okay well you never came to the WWE until now so you know now you're going to pay the price for it and and I'm just tired of it dude you know and, and to be honest with you that's why I think um you know Lashley's been in the bullshit that he's been in is because you know he was there and he left and and now he's back and you know Vince is like oh well he left and he went to, to TNA and he went and and and, and did MMA and he did all this and now he's back. And so now I'm just going to give him bullshit storylines and I'm, I'm over it, dude. Like I'm, I'm over the, it, it's trash and I'm over it. Seriously. Yeah. Um, not much to talk about with the match itself. Um, it, it was a Seamus match. It was a Jeff Hardy match. I mean, you had, Sheamus getting all his shit in, Jeff Hardy falling off of shit and jumping off of shit. And at this point in their careers, both of these guys should be passing the torch to other guys and not in an angle with each other. That is just a stupid premise to begin with. I agree. Um, But, you know, it's just a situation too. And and I got to get going here in a little bit, guys. So, I kind of want to speed this up, but it, it's a situation to where like that they should be putting guys over, or at least you know, like both of those guys are, are worthy of, of more than what they're doing. And as <laughs> I, I just I, I don't understand some of the stuff that they do, and and, and like you know the Lashley thing. I and I know yeah. we'll we'll get to that here soon, but like <laughs> you made the comment, and I agree, like. And like all all of a sudden, Bobby Lashley's in the title picture. Like he goes from some bullshit storyline, and and basically he's been a mid Carter, and now all of a sudden he's 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 wrestling Drew McIntyre, and it's and like I said, it's either they they just throw shit and see if it'll stick, or it's okay. Well, we will put them in the storyline and it's going to be bullshit, but we don't care because we think that it's going to give us ratings. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the next match, uh, the Botchamania title, I, I mean, the Raw Women's Championship, Asuka uh, and Nia Jax ended in a double countout. Really probably the only logical thing that they could do to make it, to, to have Asuka hang on to the title while also not burying Nia Jax and also having Asuka not die at the hands of Nia Jax. Um, it, it, it ended weird. The finish was something was off about the finish. Um, I didn't particularly care for the match. And Tim, we'll get to you quick because I know your comments on I'm this will be fast since it. it's a women's match. Not interested. Nope. Yep. I think I, I said what I had to say in our chat, and uh, I guess I'll repeat it for uh, the people, especially in the uh, – you said Paris, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, France. We, we. Viva so, la it was a botch-filled match, man. I mean, Nia Jax, blah. Asuka, I said it on the last podcast, and I, I regret it. Um, but in order to protect – both Asuka and Nia Jax, it was a, a finish that needed to happen because Asuka has beat Nia in, in NXT and on the main roster, and Nia Jax has beat Asuka on the main roster in NXT. So in order for Asuka to retain the title, except for I just hated how the match ended and it all started a couple seconds before the uh, um, countout was it was a, a hanging over-the-top rope uh, arm bar that was completely missed. Drag both of them out of the ring, they beat the hell out of each other, got the ten count, move on. Well, the the the, the only other point I'm going to make to that is, right. is it's they're they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place with Nia because one she hurts people and can't wrestle, and two she's a rock's cousin. Well, that but if you're going with you know I'm still the guy that that says man like. Okay, this is dumb because this isn't believable. Okay, with Naya, like you, you've got to do stuff like that because, let's face it, a lot of those girls beating her is is just not believable. You know, so I think that that 
like that was like you said, you know, it, it saves face for both of them. But you know, it you 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 just gotta watch watch how what you do with, with Nia because it's it, it's almost like a female Braun Strowman, except you know Braun Strowman can wrestle. But <laughs> it's like you know, well, what the hell are you gonna do with her? We can't have uh, we we can't have all these girls out here beating her because it's gonna just deplete what she is. So I, I guess I see where they went with it. It was, it was weird. And it just, I, I hate to say this, but a lot of those matches with the women end up being filler matches. And, and I don't want to sound like an asshole or, or a pig or anything like that, but that's just how I feel, man. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the universal championship. Two-on-one handicap match. The rules were changed in the pre-show, so whoever pinned Braun Strowman got to be the new Universal Champion, and that caused some chaos for The Miz and John Morrison, who weren't going to win this thing anyway, because let's be honest. And Braun Strowman beat both The Miz and Morrison in typical Braun Strowman fashion. He beat the shit out of them for seven minutes. They got a couple things in, but at the end of the day, Braun was going over on this one, and this is a perfect case, like you said, Tim, to combine the two uh, quote-unquote world titles into one because when shit like COVID-19 happens, you don't have a deep main event roster, and yet you've got to keep coming up with these main event matches to fill for two world no. titles, and, and, I and think, you don't really and, and need it. You hit the nail on the head there. Like I would much rather see, and it, I would much rather, no matter which way it comes out, whether Braun wins or Drew wins, like that's that's what I want to see. I, I I don't want us to keep seeing them, you know, throw shit in like this. I like the Miz, but you know, I I don't think that they had to go this route to break up the Miz and Morrison, which you know kind of looks like what where it's headed. And I just didn't care for it. And and again, you know, it's kind of like the same situation. Like, well, we don't have anybody to to wrestle Braun and and make it believable, so we're gonna put him in handicap matches, and then. You're just gonna have him decimate one of your, <laughs> one of your your main tag teams. So it's yeah. and I, I think that's it's hard with Braun and it's gonna be, you know, he's gonna kind of run into that his entire career. But it, there, that is, you know, <laughs> that's what I don't understand. Whether you know you 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 and Joe are both kind of like torch passing guys. I'm kind of the old school guy. I, but you know, this kind of takes me back to to like, and I and I love Braun, and Braun deserves to have the championship, and he's paid his dues, and you know, and I like Drew. Drew paid his dues, and if Lashley would have won, although I would have been pissed. Like Lashley's Lashley's paid his dues, but you know, you bring in Jeff Hardy, hell, you even brought in Matt Hardy, and you have Ray Mysterio, and you bring in all these guys back, okay. With and you have a depleted roster, so you, you know why aren't you bringing in some of these old school guys? I I personally think Sheamus and, and Braun would have made a hell of a match. Why are you bringing in all these old school guys and not doing anything with them? You know, you want to bring some credibility to your new your new talent, then you know have some of the other guys have some of the old guys put them over. I I. It just, I don't know, man. And maybe I'm wrong and, and maybe all three of us are wrong and, and people don't agree with us, but it's just like, it's a lost product right now. I'm going to go ahead and disagree yeah. with, with Tim. Uh, um, this one little, I mean, I agree with you on most of what you just said, except for when you said that Braun Strowman was paid his dues. Cause I don't believe he has, you know, Drew McIntyre got fired, you know, busted his ass got totally jacked, worked for every promotion or under the sun, you know, overseas and in the United States and came back and earned it. Braun Strowman is just six foot eight, 400 pounds of pure muscle and looks. Yes. He worked his way back up to where, you know, he needed to be in order to be main event caliber and be a champion. And yes, he's became a quality worker and, you know, uh, all that. But as a, when it comes to the match, it's the same song and dance and there's not much more that I can add to that besides, you know, who is going to beat Braun Strowman one-on-one. Exactly. It's probably not going to happen, you know, unless 
you bring back like a like a Brock Lesnar, which you know Brock Lesnar is not going to come back unless he's getting paid. And according to WWE, after firing forty percent of their staff, they don't have money, quote unquote, even though they have something like three hundred million or five hundred million dollars in reserves. So, uh, who's who's going to beat Braun Strowman? You know, he beat uh, was it Sheamus and Cesaro for the tag team championships with a nine year old kid? Yeah, it's who's going to beat him? You know, and yeah. and there's no one on the roster that they're building up right now that can beat him. That's not already a champion. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. And with that, we'll transition to our other world title match. Drew McIntyre gets over on Bobby Lashley. Thanks to Lana interfering and MVP getting tied up in this. And I, again, it's, it's weird that Bobby Lashley goes from, lower mid card feud with Rusev who arguably neither of them belonged in the lower mid card to suddenly being the number one contender because MVP told him he should be. I don't get it, but whatever. Um, It just, uh, again, it it goes to show just how depleted their roster is right now. um, And, and how they're just trying to grab anything with a quick build and a quick payoff. And it, it's just not working. It was it was kind of rough at, in the beginning, and I don't know. I I wasn't a fan of it. It wasn't terrible. No, but I, I agree. In in it's Damn. screwy. In in you know they're like I said earlier. I think they're just kind of throwing things at the, at the wall and and saying and and hoping they stick. And then you know you kind of brought up we were talking during the pay per view about uh, you know Otis cashing in. I, I don't think Otis cashes in against either one of these guys unless they turn him heel, and I don't see that happening. Um, I, I, so. I, you know, I'm going to pause you right there because I want to, I want to jump in. It would not surprise me if they, if they made Otis forget that he had one year to cash it in and then he just lost it because so, he never yeah, did. Yeah, no, that's kind of where I, but I continue. It's, it's weird. And it's in a, uh, um, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't, they don't really have a direction to go. By the way, guys, uh, real quick, we have a special guest on the yeah. podcast right now. Say hi. 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 <laughs> say that's Uncle hi. Jason and Joe. You say, hi. say Uncle Jason and Joe. Uncle Jason and Joe. <laughs> What's up, uh, Joe? What are, What are your thoughts on um, uh, this match? You just knew in that pre. <laughs> you just knew in that that pre match um, segment with uh, MVP and Lana that she was going to come in, you know, uh, and you you knew, and I was just waiting for it, and it yep. took thirteen minutes and some odd seconds to for that to happen, but or twelve minutes, whatever, to, for it to happen, but. You know, like like Tim was saying, Bobby Lashley became a main event spot by MVP saying, "You should do this. This might be, you know, this might be a uh, something you might want to do." And Bobby Lashley's like, yeah. "All right, cool." So, someone who's never literally, in the main event had a few matches. Were, you know, people wanted uh, him in more matches <laughs> a couple years ago when he was still, you know, babyface when he first came back, and then Vince threw him in that crap storyline mm-hmm. of, "Oh, I love my sisters and I love my family." Da 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 da. It's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with this? And for him to yep. have a title match kind of feels like an R-Truth where he gets one title match. You know, uh, R-Truth got that one title match against Cena at Capital Punishment back some odd years ago or whatever it was. But uh, Bobby Lashley deserves so much more than what he's getting right now. Yep. It's a crap storyline what they're doing with the whole Lana-Bobby Lashley thing. Let, you know, release Lana. Bobby Lashley, please retire. Um, MVP, please just. I used to like you. Um, you know, it, the MVP <laughs> feud with Matt Hardy back in you know two thousand five, two thousand six was just the greatest thing ever. Absolutely great. I want that. Excellent. I want that style back. But we're not going to get it back. Uh, maybe I liked it so much because it was you know when I was growing up, ten, eleven, twelve years old. So. Um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, it was a, it was, 
for it being a 13-minute, 15-second match, it was serviceable. Um, every, every single match on this card was serviceable in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. Um, probably, honestly, my second favorite match on the card, although that's not saying much. Because uh, this card was just seven and a half matches yeah. of absolute garbage. And one tag it's team segment with the, the Viking Prophet. That was, that, that was my half that. match that, I, that I added in. And so we're going to hit on the segment that I spent all that time yeah. writing notes on. All right, screw you guys. <laughs> all right, let me, just, let me just go through my no, notes real quick. No, just, no. no, I don't even want to talk about it. Let, let's do it. Let's do it. I, I, I got to use this. I got to use this. <laughs> so just real quick. Braun Strowman's car alarm doesn't go off when it's hit with golf clubs from Miz and Morrison, but it goes off when Ivar goes to the windshield. Interesting. Uh, the Japanese hitting on, or the WWE happen, uh, hitting on racist Japanese stereotypes of ninjas on ninja bikes. Uh, an, an alligator in the dumpster, rather interesting. Um, trailers backed up to each other to make it look like one long trailer on top with just a flat piece of whatever the hell that white thing was on top of it to make it look like so much longer than it is 53 feet is not all that long and so they put like two or three trailers together to make it look like one continuous trailer like oh look what we have and it this whole segment was 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 a train wreck thank you for, th- thank you for that that's yeah. like two minutes right. of my life so last but not it was like 30 seconds shut up bring your daughter back she's cuter <laughs> It, it was garbage. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll get to the the main event, they the lie. greatest wrestling yeah. match ever. Which, um, if I'm sure Macho Man is uh, rolling over in his grave with Ricky Steamboat screaming at the top of his lungs on top of it, um, Randy Orton defeated Edge. I didn't not like it. Um, but it didn't quite live up to the hype of the greatest wrestling match ever. Um, the Finkel thing was cool. Um, the rest of the audio stuff was kind of meh. So I, it, it was what it was. It was Randy Orton and Edge. It was, it was good. Uh, if this was that's all I got. 10, 15 years ago, this possibly could have been the best wrestling match of all time. I'm not going to lie. But them being where they're at now and being, you know, seasoned, uh, it was a quality match. You know, I wouldn't have liked it to go almost 45 minutes, but it was technical wrestling that WWE very much needed, to, you know, to bring back. The Howard Finkel thing, oh my gosh, dude. I got I got goosebumps. I got chills. I loved it. Uh, Charles Robinson wearing the throwback 1980s uh, 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 referee gear was just the icing on top of the cake. It almost felt like it was special when they went to the top rope. WWE has done way too much of that uh, with the newer guys, younger guys, and, and the high fly style. I love the high fly style, but at the same time, I love, you know, nose in the dirt, like hard grit wrestling, and that's what this match was. So it felt special when that superplex was hit. It felt special when uh, Randy got headbutted and, you know, was cut. Not all that bad, but he was cut. So it felt special. It felt like something. And, I mean, it was a quality match. Match of the year, five-star match, just not the greatest match ever. Um, I mean, those two guys can tell a story. They're they're Wiley veterans, and I would do one before all this is said and done. I hope it's not another, you know, we're going to bring it back and and put them in shitty stories, although I, I can't say this is a shitty story, but I just the reoccurring matches with him and Randy Orton. I'd like to see Edge get another title run. Um, but I mean, it was a good match. They told the story they needed to tell. Now I'm sure the next thing will be kiss and make up, and then they'll have some shitty tag team title run and blah 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 blah. Um, I said when Edge came back at the Royal Rumble that he should have a title run, and you know he deserves better than that. And, and, and like, I'm, I can't say that it's garbage because it's not, but like, I, I just think that, that you have Edge and you have Randy Orton, and you know, they had, had that match at Mania, and you know, and then this match was good. 
and enough's enough. You know, I I just all the this reoccurring stuff all the time. It's just you know, if in a year or two, if they're both still wrestling, and you want to revisit another another rivalry, go ahead and do it. Enough, enough. I've had enough. The story's been told. They don't need to have the the rubber match. Just let it go. If I can honestly hit on something, what uh, Tim had just said, it honestly feels like the Taker versus Triple H when oh last time ever back at Mania twenty eight, and then they do it again at the Greatest Showdown or the Super Slam or whatever the hell it was called. I don't really remember the one in Australia, and then that was a big deal. Oh, last time ever. And then in Saudi Arabia yeah. or wherever the hell it was, I don't remember these places because their revolver pay per view is just a part of big contracts and, and big deals where they do Brothers of Destruction versus DX and pulling Shawn Michaels out of retirement for what I can assume was the fattest paycheck he's ever seen. So it, it just, I don't know where they're going to go with this. And I'm kind of, I'm intrigued, but at the same time, I don't want to see it. <clears throat> Yeah. So that was Backlash uh, in a 60-minute nutshell. Uh, Next pay-per-view comes to us July 19th. It is Extreme Rules 2020, uh, hopefully from San Jose, California, but most likely from the Performance Center in Orlando. Uh, And also July 25th, Pro Wrestling Havoc Emergence. You can get your tickets at pwhavoc.com. Uh, we need, we're working on a new venue. Our venue told us we couldn't be inside. So we're working on either being outside at the venue or we'll be at a new venue where we can be inside, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, so that's our episode season two coming to you probably next week or the week after. Hopefully, uh, we've got some interesting topics to talk about in season two, and we will talk about all of the build up to extreme rules and we'll get more into PW Havoc's emergence. We can show promise you on the 25th we of can July. Promise so that's our show for Joe Cassidy and Tim Stevens. We'll be better than Backlash. And yeah, so Hawk rules, brother. It will. That's, that's not going to take much, but you know we, we got a big store. We got we got a big big uh, night plan for you guys. So hopefully say, we'll see you there. Say Hawkster rules, brother. <laughs> That's right. So for Joe, for Tim, for Addy, I'm 